0: We are starting a brand new series today called Asking for a Friend, talking about the, the questions that sometimes we're, we're scared to ask because we might be a little embarrassed because we feel like maybe we should know the answers to. And um, it kind of reminded me of, you know, if you're having a conversation with someone that's uh, maybe smarter than you or has a bigger vocabulary than you and they use words that you may not understand but you kind of act like you do because you really don't want them to know that you don't know what that word means. You know, when they start talking about uh, mitigation or colloquial or existentialism or... You know, if you're from the north, you hear a southerner say, fixing to, you're not sure what that means. When I first moved down here, I thought everything was broken, because everybody's always fixing stuff, you know, but, uh, but I've been here long enough now to know what it actually means. So, bless your heart. You know, us northerners don't know what bless your heart means. We, we figured out eventually that actually means stop acting like that, you're being ridiculous. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for this series, because I think it's going to be really great. Uh, Obviously, we're going to get into a little more spiritual questions than uh, vocabulary words. You know, uh, one of the things I thought would be nice to do would be uh, asking, why did Noah bring snakes and mosquitoes on the ark? Amen? Think about that for a minute. There'd be no snakes or mosquitoes if he just left them off the ark where they belonged. But anyway, they're here, so. um, No, but we're going to get into more spiritual things than that. As you saw on the screen, maybe some of the topics we're going to be discussing. In a couple weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, why does God allow suffering and pain, especially among uh, Christians and good people that we feel, you know, people that serve God, and we're, I'm really excited about that. We're actually bringing in a guest speaker for that Sunday, and we'll be talking to you a little bit more about that in the next week, and um, uh, he'll be coming in two weeks, so we're excited about that. But today, we are talking about, uh, why can't I hear God's voice? You know, as, as followers of Jesus, we all, uh, at some point, have probably felt like we've heard the voice of God, and have felt like we go through seasons where maybe we hear more than we, than we don't at other times. And uh, But the times that we don't feel like we can hear his voice, it can be embarrassing to ask why we don't hear his voice because we feel like we should, because we are followers of Jesus. So uh, we're gonna tackle that question today. And um, I'm gonna start with a, uh, my text verse, which is out of John 10. In fact, I'm gonna ask you to stand with me if you don't mind, please, just in honor of reading the word of God. I'm gonna read Jesus's uh, response here to these Jews that were talking to him in John 10, verses 24 to 27. It says, the Jews gathered around him, Jesus, saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Let's pray this morning as we prepare our hearts for the rest of this message. God. We do love you today and we need you desperately. We're so thankful for who you are, God. Thank you that your mercies are new today. And thank you that you love us and that you are so, so good that we can sing that song and know that it is true, that you've been so good to us. And we thank you for it, Lord. I pray that you would just speak to our hearts today through your word and that my words would be your words and that you would seal the work you're doing today in our lives by your Holy Spirit. We give you all the glory and the praise and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said... Amen, God bless you, you can be seated. So the term hearing the voice of God does us a little bit of a disservice because when we think of hearing, we think of our ears, right? And it's it's fairly rare to hear the voice of God audibly in our ears. I know it does happen, some people have said they hear, they've heard God's audible voice, but that's not typically how God speaks to us in the day to day, right? And so talking about hearing him, if we think about hearing him with our ears, we can feel like we never hear God because many of us go through our whole life and never necessarily hear his audible voice. Uh, we hear God through many of our senses, right? Some of it is through hearing. Some of it might be hearing from somebody else that's speaking the word of the Lord to us. Uh, it could be through our, through our eyes and just seeing. Romans 1 tells us that God has made himself, has revealed himself through his creation. So we can actually hear him through seeing what he's done. Um, we feel, we know when, we, when God speaks to us. Um, believe it or not, God actually speaks to us through our emotions. That can be a good thing, right? It can also be a very dangerous thing, knowing that God speaks in our emotions. But, you know, because the world says, we talk about our heart, you know, emotions is, when we talk about how we feel, that's really our emotions when we're talking about our heart. The world says that we should follow our heart, right? That's actually very terrible advice. Because the Bible tells us, Jeremiah 17 says, that the heart is deceitfully wicked and beyond cure. So I don't want to follow that kind of a heart. Uh, Proverbs 14 tells us that there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end leads to destruction. So we shouldn't be following our heart. The only way we should be following our heart is if that heart is filled with the Holy Spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit in us, then we can be led, our emotions can actually be tools that God can use to speak to us in our life. So we ask ourselves, does God still speak? And the the easy answer is yes, of course he does. But we need to know how that looks. Because if you're like me, I would love it if God spoke to me like he did to some of the, the patriarchs in the Old Testament and in the, in the Bible where, you know, you look at Adam, God actually walked with him in the cool of the day and spoke to him, and, and you look at how he spoke to Abraham, and, and Moses literally had arguments with God. How incredible is that? Of course, now that I think about it, I'm, I've had a few arguments with God myself. <laughs> you never win those arguments, by the way. That's a, that's a, that is a, a futile activity that we embark on sometimes. Uh, Jacob, who actually wrestled with God, was having a conversation while he's wrestling with God, and he survived that somehow by the grace and the mercy of God. And, uh, but, to, you know, you hear about people just literally having conversations with God, and, and it would be nice to have that sometimes, but that's not really how God is speaking to us in the day-to-day right now very much. Uh, and that's not his primary way, I should say, of speaking to us. But he is speaking all the time. He's speaking to us all the time. And there are many voices in this world that are vying for our ears. A lot of voices, it could be the voice of the enemy of your soul, it could be the voice of your own flesh, your own desires, it could be the voice of a friend or a parent or a sibling or a boss or somebody in your life. There are all kinds of voices that are speaking to us so that the issue isn't necessarily whether or not God is speaking as much as it is, are we discerning which voice is his? That's what we need. We need to figure out which voice is actually God's voice for us. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to help us to discern that. Without his spirit, we can't discern the voice of God in our life. There's no way to know. Because his spirit speaks to our spirit when the Holy Spirit is in us. So I want to answer some a couple questions today. I'm going to start by giving us a couple of things of how God speaks, and then we're going to go into why can't I hear God speak? So start with how does God speak? I'm just going to give you, give you a few ways that God speaks. Obviously, this is not exhaustive by any stretch of the imagination. You could teach on hearing the voice of god for for hours and hours still not cover every way that god could speak to us but there's a few ways that i think are pertinent that i feel like the lord would want me to share with you guys this morning so the first way and probably the most prominent and tangible way that god speaks to us is through the logos word of god logos is a greek word that means the written word the logos word of god is literally the bible okay this is a way that God speaks to us. And this is the most tangible way that God speaks to us. It is so important that we know his word, right? We have to understand and realize, and and if you don't have this revelation, I I, I ask you to pray that God would give you a revelation of how incredible it is that we literally have the words of the almighty God bound in a nice leather form or paperback or hardback, whatever it is, that we can open and read anytime we want. You know, there are generations after generations after generations that went before us that never had this, never had it. There are generations today that can't have this. There are countries that will not allow this book into their country because of the power that it has. And so we are so blessed and privileged to be able to have this book, to be able to look in here and see the heart of God the word of God. You know, when people tell me, when people come to me and say, I can't hear the voice of God, the first thing I'm going to ask every single time, are you in the word? Are you reading this? Because how do you even know if the Lord speaking to you if you don't know God's heart? God's heart is revealed through his word. So the only way to know God's heart is to know his word. And the only way to, to be able to hear God is to know his heart. So th- it starts, everything when it comes to hearing the voice of God, it starts with this. And we cannot overlook this discipline of being in the word. I love God reading my bible now i've been a christian for about 28 years now and i can say in those 20 years there's been times where i have not loved reading my bible there have been times where it's been more of a discipline like i know i should do it so i'm just going to do it and and trust that god's going to speak to me but there's times i've read it and i'm sitting there reading and i'm literally thinking to myself as i'm reading i don't know why i'm doing this because as soon as i close it i'm going to forget everything i just read anybody else been there am i the only one that's uh, not that spiritual We go in seasons like that where it feels like it's just words on a page. But at the same time, we also know by the truth of this word that it's never just words on a page. You know, I compare it to like there's times you eat. There's times where you're famished and you're really, really hungry. And when you eat, you just feel yourself getting better and feeling better because your belly's getting full. And then there are times you eat where you weren't necessarily that hungry and you just ate because it was six o'clock and it's dinner time. So you eat and you don't necessarily feel like you're being nourished, but you are. There's times it's like that with the word that we don't necessarily feel it a lot different as we're reading it, but it is still feeding us because the Bible tells us that it is living and active. In fact, in Hebrews 4.12, the writer of Hebrews wrote, For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the the thoughts and attitude of the heart. The Word of God is living and active. The Logos Word of God. Living, the only way it can be living and active is if it is actually speaking to us. To actually be doing something in our life, to actually be nourishing us in a way that maybe we understand it one day and the next day we don't. But if the Word tells us that it is living and active, we can trust that it's living and active. And, and to know God's heart, there's a, it's required upon us that we would know His Word. Because see, there's things that, as I know God's Word, there's things that I don't even have to pray and ask god about because i know from his word certain truths you know i never have to pray and ask god if i should move in with my boyfriend or if we should move in with our girlfriend because i know god's word would tell me that that's not a good thing we don't ever have to pray and ask god if we should pay our taxes or not because we know jesus said to render to caesars what is caesars we don't have to ask god if and pray and ask him to speak to us whether or not i should forgive that person that really hurt me because we know the bible tells us clearly that we are called to forgive in every and all circumstances so there's things where God speaks to us through his word that we don't even have to get specific uh, words for that moment in time because we understand the heart of God. But we can't understand it if we don't know it. I wish I could just put this thing to my forehead and all of it would just go in, but it doesn't. We actually have to sit down and spend the time and be disciplined to read the word and to love the word. So second, the second way we hear from God is through the rhema word of God. So this is the logos, rhema is also a greek word that means the spoken word it means breath or spoken word of god this is another way that god speaks to us this is our favorite way because this is a little easier this is god actually speaking to us we don't have to do the work of getting in here right (laughs) but he speaks to us but this is typically him speaking to our heart you know sometimes it can be um, him giving us a desire in our heart that could be him speaking to us in fact psalms 37 tells us to delight ourselves in the lord and he will what He will give us the desires of our heart. Now, that verse has been misinterpreted many times from people to say like, oh, if I delight myself in God, he's gonna give me everything I want. It's not what that means. It means if we delight ourselves in him, that he's gonna put his desires in our heart and we'll actually want the things that he wants us to want. That's a beautiful thing. I want so badly to want the things God wants for me. You know what I pray every morning? I say, God, give me everything I need today and help me not to want anything that's not of you. Because I know my heart. And you know your heart, and you know there's things we want that aren't always what God wants. But if we delight ourselves in Him, He says He'll give us those desires. He'll put those desires in our heart. I know He's done that in my life. I know He's spoken to me. I can't tell you where I was at the exact moment that God called me into missions, but I know that He spoke to my heart to put me in missions because I could tell you without a question, without any doubt, that there's no way that there would have been a desire in my heart to go into the mission field if it wasn't for God. I'm much too selfish. Want to go give my life into the mission field and go to foreign countries? I like my air conditioning and my soft bed. So for God to, to for that to be a passion of mine to where I just I just could not wait to go, that had to be the Lord, putting His desire in my heart. He'll put those thoughts in us. That's the way He speaks to us. But we have to know His heart to really be able to discern if what He's speaking to us is from Him. And you know sometimes He'll put something in our head that doesn't even seem spiritual. But it could still be from him. From him. He's not always going to, when the Lord speaks to our heart, it's not always going to feel like this incredible spiritual moment where all of a sudden my, my chest is puffed out and my chin's a little higher because God just spoke to me. And sometimes we don't even see it until in hindsight. I'll give you a situation. So uh, before Joy and I were married, we were both working out in, in Denver, in Youth with a Mission, and we had driven down to Colorado Springs to go to a church service on a Wednesday night. And uh, we were on our way back, and it was, it was dark out. We're driving my car up I-25, going to Denver, about an hour and a half drive. And at some point on the drive, I just remember asking Joy, Hey, do you have your seatbelt on? And she said, No, I don't. And I said, Well, would you mind putting it on? And she said, Sure. You know, we were dating, so she was still trying to comply with the things I wanted. So (laughs) I'm gonna get in trouble for that one. Um so she put it on and we I didn't think anything of it. And uh we're driving along, and about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes later, started raining. Next thing I know, long story short, we hit a puddle in the middle of the interstate and my car hydroplaned, and I did two rotations in the middle of the interstate going 70 mile, 70 mile an hour down the road. Now, I didn't hit anything, and I came to a stop. We were actually facing the wrong direction. I had to turn my car around to go back north on the interstate. But the craziest part, the thing that really had us trembling in our boots was the fact that in the middle of one of those rotations as we were spinning, her car door flew wide open. And this was not some junk car where the door should have flown open. It was a good car. There was absolutely no reason that that door was flying open, none. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that there's a very good possibility if she didn't have her seatbelt on, she'd have flown right out of, the, out of the door and it would have been a, a horrible, horrible situation. And the crazy thing is, Church, I never, it, it, in my recollection, up until that point in my life, I had never asked somebody to put their seatbelt on in my car. This was 22 years ago. You know seat belts you wore them if you wanted to you didn't have to it wasn't the law you know i probably wore mine half the time and i didn't ask people to put in for but for some reason a thought came into my head and i asked her because it was dark in the car i couldn't see if she had it on and she said no i don't i said will you put it on that was the lord speaking to me it wasn't super spiritual i didn't hear it wasn't the voice of james earl jones saying thus saith the lord you know it was just a thought that came in my head and I didn't realize it till later in fact when we got home that night she went to her house I dropped her off she went up to her room she had a couple roommates and one of her roommates met her at the door came running was crying and hugged her real hard and said oh my gosh I'm so glad you're okay and Joy said what are you talking about she said I was dead asleep the Lord woke me up and said pray for Joy right now this before cell phones so it wasn't like we were texting and telling everybody what we were doing she had no idea what we were doing the Lord spoke to her, and she said, I, all I remember was I was asking the Lord, please don't take joy. Please don't take joy. So that was the spiritual side of it. I was too dumb. The Lord just had to tell me to tell her to put her seatbelt on. He had to speak to somebody else about the spiritual side to really pray for. But that's how God speaks to us. And she was sensitive to that, woke up, prayed, and praise God, here we are today. But that's how God will speak to us sometimes. Sometimes he'll make the logos become rhema. Sometimes the written word, when you're reading it, Something will jump off the pages at you, and you'll know that that is the word of the Lord for you today. You, a lot of you probably experienced that. I'll, I'll mention one that I experienced um, a few years ago. I was reading. If you know me, I like to read James. I read James a lot. I feel like he was from the north. He was a Yankee. He just told it the way it was, you know. And uh, So I'm reading it one day, not thinking anything of it. I've read it so many times I, can, I, I have to stop myself to actually pay attention because I can kind of recite it in my head as I'm reading it. And I was reading James 1 where it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I've read it dozens and dozens of times. But when I read it this day, it jumped off the pages at me. And I knew the Lord was speaking to me, telling me, Son, you are about to go through a major trial, but I want you to persevere. And perseverance is going to finish its work in you, and you're going to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I knew the Lord was speaking a word to me. It was a rhema word out of the logos word. And I could tell you, it was a very, very short time after that point that I started one of the most difficult trials of my life. And I'm so thankful that God gave me this word because it was hidden in my heart. It resonated in me. And I knew that although this season's gonna be tough, God's gonna get me through it. And my job is to persevere through it. It was so powerful. I even wrote, I knew when it happened because I wrote the date right there in the verse because I wanted to remember because I knew God was doing something and sure enough he was so the logos word can become rhema in our lives sometimes the rhema word can be a prophecy you know somebody that's a that operates in the office of a prophet may have come and spoken a word to you before that's that's a beautiful time if you have an opportunity to get a prophetic word from someone jump on it because prophetic people just have a they have a they got a direct tune in to god sometimes and god will speak to them and and uh they'll give a word for you that could be timely and and just write on the money and just minister to you in a way that uh that No one else could. And I've had those plenty of times in my life, and they've been huge blessings. Sometimes prophecies are from people that aren't even necessarily prophets. They're just giving you a timely word. Somebody that just loves Jesus might come up to you and just say, I feel like the Lord said this, or just rebuking you for something that they see in your life. Having Having the strength and the guts to rebuke you could be a word from the Lord that convicts you, and you know that it's a word of God in your heart. And the Lord will do that for us. Dreams and visions. It's another great one. God will speak to us in dreams. You know, He spoke in dreams all the time. As you read your Bible, you see all the time where God spoke to people in dreams, like very, very common. God still does that today. God's spoken to me in my dreams. God speaks to Joy all the time in her dreams. God will do that for us. And in fact, that's something that's so simple for us to do, to just say as we go to bed at night, God, open my ears to hear you as I sleep. Because then it's up to him. We can't do anything. We can't force anything while we sleep. But if we expect, if we're expectant, we're telling God, listen, you you get my dreams tonight, Lord. It's all you. He'll speak to you. Ask him to speak to you in your dreams, and he'll do that. Okay, and then the uh, the, the third way that God will speak to us that I want to share with you this morning is in our emotions. And I mentioned that earlier, but I want to delve in a little deeper to it. You know, God gave us our emotions and He meant it for them to be used for good. Sometimes they're used for evil. <laughs> um, sometimes it just depends on the day or sometimes the hour of the day as to whether or not it's going to be used for, for good or evil. I can tell you that it's, uh, it's dangerous when we start talking about God speaking to us through our emotions because we have to be willing, we have to be able to discern what's God and what's not. You know, because our emotions, especially when they get heightened, sometimes our emotions can lead us astray. You know, I can tell you that. That when you have road rage, that's not God using you to speak his fury to that person that just cuts you off. You know, God doesn't, in fact, if anything, he's probably speaking to you to chill out because it's not that big of a deal. Uh, That's usually what he speaks to us when we have road rage. But uh, God will definitely speak to us through our emotions. And one of the ways he does that is through conviction. Conviction is actually the Lord making us remorseful, feeling a certain way about doing something we know we shouldn't do. The conviction that comes from God is a very, very good thing. In fact, Jesus talked about it in John 16, in verse 8. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, he says, When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes to the earth, when Jesus went back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And the Holy Spirit has been in the earth, filling his people ever since. That one of his jobs is to convict us of sin and guilt to literally show us the error of our ways and to to cause us to be remorseful for those things that we might do. You know when your heart starts pounding real hard when you're about to do something you know you shouldn't do or if you're about to look at something on a screen you know you're not supposed to look at and your heart's pounding out of your chest? That's conviction. That's the Holy Spirit convicting us. It's using our emotions to speak to us. That is literally God speaking to his people saying, I have a better way for you. Don't do that. I have a better way. Trust me. Turn from that. Repent. Turn away from those things. He convicts us and and speaks to us through our emotions. He also speaks to us by giving us peace. You know, that's an emotion. A peace, the way we feel, is a peace that God could give. One of the best verses, one of my favorites in all the Bible, is the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. If he's repeating himself, you know he's taking it seriously. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, this is how God speaks to you then when we do this, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is the Lord God himself speaking to your heart and to your mind. When we are submitted to him, when we submit our requests, when we have those moments where, we, uh, where we're anxious or we're upset or we're fearful, and we submit those things to, to him, and he brings a peace in our heart, that peace that he says transcends all understanding, that goes against all understanding. That Another way of saying that is where when the world, it doesn't make any sense to the world that you would be at peace in this moment. You know, when you've had someone in the hospital that you love, you had trauma, and you, go, you the family's there, and you can see that the family just has this peace that God's got this, and that they could trust God. That is that is the peace that makes no sense. The peace that you shouldn't have on your own, because you should be freaking out in this moment. But God's saying, When you submit yourself to me, I will speak to your heart and to your mind and to your whole being that it's gonna be okay. That you can trust me. He gives us that supernatural peace as we submit to him. He speaks peace. Jesus spoke peace to the waters. He speaks peace to our hearts. Anybody want him to speak peace to your heart? That is a beautiful thing when you know you have a peace that you really don't deserve to have. That only can come from God himself. He, he actually speaks in our emotions and helps us in those, in those times when we need him the most. So those are three ways that God speaks to us. Now let me give you three answers or three questions about why we can't hear God's voice. And these are questions I think we need to ask ourselves. And the first one is, do you know him? Maybe you can't hear his voice because you don't know him. Now, there's different levels of knowing God. The first level, obviously, would be salvation. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can't expect to hear him. Because my text verse today says that my sheep know my voice. But if you're not one of his sheep, to become one of his sheep, you have to give your life to him. You have to receive him to yourself and surrender your life to him. It's the it's the gateway to salvation, amen. And we can't know Him, we can't hear Him if we aren't in that sheep pen with Him, as He talked there. In fact, there's a really great little video that they're going to play right now that's going to kind of demonstrate what I'm talking about when it, when it, when it, Jesus talks about His sheep knowing His voice. So watch the video. Stop, stop, stop. ピカピカでか。で、<laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <dica, dica>, <laughs> 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 this scared. Yeah, Eunice made him go away. Oh my God! Was that cool or what? Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you will never have the same again. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How interesting is that? You know, we don't know anything about sheep living here in the U.S. very much, but uh, when Jesus gave that illustration. And culturally, they knew exactly what that meant. The sheep know the shepherd's voice, and they follow. You guys didn't know that Jesus was a white guy with an orange jumpsuit, did you? We knew he was white. I'm just kidding. He's not. It was a bad joke. We just always joke because, you know, all the pictures of Jesus, he's white when really he was obviously Jewish, so he wouldn't have been white. But anyway, the sheep know his voice. You know, they completely ignored the other people that were trying to call their sheep. They were saying the same thing, but they, didn't, they weren't actually, they didn't have his voice. So the sheep were completely ignoring those other voices. But when the shepherd himself spoke, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. When we are close to God, when we have that, when we know Jesus, when we have that relationship with Jesus... We'll know his voice. He tells us that my sheep know my voice. We don't have to worry about whether or not we deserve to hear him speak. See, those sheep didn't worry about whether or not they were worthy of hearing his voice, of being able to listen to him and respond to his voice. Because the sheep were in the pen, they knew that that was their shepherd. And so I think sometimes for us as believers, we don't always feel like we deserve to hear God. Like, you know what, I'm not mature enough to be able to hear the voice of God. Or I'm, I, I don't live good enough. You know i don't do enough that i should do i don't read my bible enough i'm there's things i struggle with i'm too shallow in my faith so that's why i can't hear god has nothing to do with it if we're his if we're close to him and we are part of his pasture we're part of his fold then we deserve to hear him and he is speaking to us and he wants us to hear him and he wants us to follow him when he speaks but, we, but it's imperative upon us that we know him intimately. This is all about relationship with Jesus, church. It's all about our relationship with Jesus. It's all about knowing him, knowing him intimately. You know, they say uh, that babies, when they're newborn, they recognize their mother's voice. Why? Because they've been with their mom 24-7. From the time of conception and there's nowhere that the mom goes the baby doesn't go while they're in the womb right so it's not uncommon for a nurse to bring a fussy baby newborn to the mother to soothe that baby and the mother's voice will soothe the baby because the baby knows the mom's voice the baby knows that that's that's my people and that's what god would say to us that's what jesus is saying in this verse that my sheep know me because they're close to me because they live with me they they seek me you know this is not about um, haphazardly serving Jesus. This isn't about coming to him you know, like we would approaching our relationship with Jesus like we would a, a teeth cleaning or an oil change where we just do it when we feel like we need it. But we're with him every day, every minute of every day. It's so important that we pursue him. Jesus, uh, the Jeremiah said in, in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, and the first part of 14, he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. Powerful words. Powerful words. But the role of the follower of Jesus is to seek him, to seek him with all of our heart. That's how we stay in the pen. That's how we continue to hear his voice. We can't just want to hear God when we need specific direction about something. I think too oftentimes we as Christians get caught up in living our life and, and um, being a good person and really only wanting to hear the voice of God when we got a tough decision to make, whether it's about a job change or a relationship or something we have to do, then all of a sudden we want to tune into God. But we need to live our lives in such a way that we're always listening for his voice. The second question is, do I want to hear what he is saying? Sometimes we can't hear God's voice because we don't want to hear what he's actually saying. We want to hear what we want him to say to us, not necessarily hear his heart. We want him to bless our thoughts our deeds, are the things we want to do. How often have we wanted to do something and said, God, I want to do this, I want you to bless it, rather than really surrendering it to him and say, God, is this of you? I'm willing to lay this down, I'm willing to give it to you if that's what you ask, God. But too often times, we don't want to know what he wants us, what what he wants to say. We want him to bless what we want. In fact, that's why Jesus rebuked the Jews in that my text verse where it said, you know, they told him, they said, Jesus, just tell us plainly, are you the Christ? And Jesus said, I have told you plainly. I'd have loved to have been there for that conversation because I bet if Jesus ever rolled his eyes, that was when he did it. <laughs> he said, I have told you plainly, but he said, you do not believe. See, they didn't believe, so they didn't want to hear what he had to say. They, they kept questioning him, wanting him to finally maybe slip up and say, yeah, actually, I'm a fraud. But he wasn't going to say it because that wasn't true. He was speaking the truth, but they didn't want to know the truth. They wanted to know what they wanted to know. And so sometimes for us, we can't hear him because we don't want to hear what he's saying. You know, when we were little, as little kids, you didn't want to hear what somebody was saying to you. What did you do? Put your hands over your ears and yell and say, la, 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 I can't hear you. I can't hear you because we don't want to hear it. We do that spiritually sometimes. We do it spiritually when we don't really want to hear what God has to say. Sometimes he's telling us to do something we don't want to do. Maybe he's telling you to get rid of that toxic relationship but we don't want to hear it. Maybe he's telling you to stop being selfish, but we don't want to hear it. Maybe he's telling you to give, sow a seed somewhere, to bless someone, or do something financially that's risky. We don't want to hear it. And so we don't hear him because what he's saying, we're not tuned into. And you know, if we resist long enough, we become calloused. And the words of Jesus about being calloused are very harsh. Many places. There's one place where he was talking about the Jews and how they'd become calloused. It's in uh, Matthew 13 and verse 15. He says, "For this people's heart has become calloused; they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. And I would heal them." He's saying they are calloused, and th- you know, calluses aren't something that build up in a day. You've had calluses on your hands or your feet or somewhere you know that doesn't happen in a day. In fact, the first day when you do something when you don't have calluses, it's painful. If you, have, you took a shovel and dug a ditch for six hours today and you don't have any calluses on your hand, what's gonna happen? You're gonna blisters. It's gonna be painful. But you give that same shovel to a guy who's been doing digging ditches for 20 years, he could dig for six hours and not feel a thing because he's built up those calluses. And that's a good thing on our hands, but on our heart, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous when we allow calluses to build on our heart to where we reject what God wants for so long because what ends up happening is when you become callous it actually you stop to you stop feeling in your heart the conviction that God wants you to have you stop being able to hear what God's wanting to say to you you know when you get to that place where you've allowed a certain sin into your life for so long that it doesn't cause your heart to start beating when you do it that's a dangerous place to be that's a very dangerous place to be when we have when we have calloused ourselves to the point that we can venture out and just allow these things to live in our heart and in our life and just harbor them in our heart to where it doesn't even affect us anymore. We don't even feel remorse when we do it. That's a very scary place to be. Jesus tells us that if we would just turn, that, that he would, if we would see with our eyes and hear with our ears and understand, understand with our heart, he would heal us. See, this is not about a sin that we struggle with, this isn't about those things that can, that can weigh us down at times that we're, we're dealing with and we're asking God to help us and we're asking forgiveness for the things that we do that God convicts our heart. It's about those sins that we just allowed and we just kind of given up on and we just allow them into our heart. He doesn't ever stop speaking to us because there might be sin that we've had to deal with. We've all got sin that we're dealing with. There's none of us that are sinless. If we were, we wouldn't have to be here anymore. But it's that sin that we allow just to stay in our heart. And I would even venture to say that being calloused towards the Spirit of God in our life is probably the number one thing that keeps us from really hearing His voice. Whatever that area is in, in your heart, if you have that in your heart, and if you do, you know what I'm talking about. Because I've been there. I've had areas in my heart that I would just refuse to really deal with after a while. Maybe it's because I just got tired of fighting it and just felt fruitless to fight it, so I just gave in to it. Maybe you just don't want to deal with it because it just seems like too much. Whatever it is. But the beauty of the love and the grace of God is that every time we come to him and ask him to forgive us, he heals us. First John 1, 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How precious is that, that God does that every time we come to him? It's so important that we don't harbor sin in our life that keeps us from hearing God's voice. And then third and finally, the last question is, is he speaking? Maybe we can't hear God because maybe he's not speaking to us. Psalm 68, 18 tells us, says, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. So that same sin, that when we live a, a lifestyle where we're embracing and we're harboring and we're condoning sin in our life, Psalms tells us that if we, have, we leave that in our heart and don't deal with it, the Lord won't listen to us. If he's not listening to us, he's probably not speaking to us either. It's so, so important. You know, Jesus, when he told us how to pray, the Lord's Prayer, he told us to pray that God would forgive our sins as we forgive others. It's so important that we, we have a lifestyle, a habitual lifestyle of asking God to forgive us, to show us our heart, where there might be sin in our heart. Because the last thing we need to do is let that sin creep in and just make us callous and hard. Because if we allow it to go long enough, he won't speak to us. Sometimes he's not speaking because he's testing us. Believe it or not, some of us have a hard time believing this, but God tests us. He actually tests us all the time. When you search the scriptures, you will see that he tests his people. 1 Peter tells us that he tests tests us to test the genuineness of our faith. He wants us to know whether or not our faith is legitimate. So God tests us. In fact, Uh, a real short brief test that he showed us while he was on the earth in Matthew 15. In verses 22 and the first part of 23, he's walking down the road and it says that a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. Seems very cold of Jesus just to ignore this woman who was begging him to help her because her, her daughter was suffering with demon possession you know and you could say well that's why Jesus came was to was to help was to heal us you know I mean his ultimate goal was to pay the price for our sins but while he was on the earth he did a lot of healing and what what greater thing to do than to heal a woman whose daughter is demon possessed yet it says he did not say a word in fact it got to the point where his disciples said to him Jesus send this woman away she's driving us nuts so Jesus finally spoke to her and he said I have come for the lost sheep of Israel he said, it is not right for me to throw the children's food, give it to the dogs. And this Canaanite woman says, yes, but even the dogs get to eat the scraps that fall off the table. And Jesus said, you passed the test, honey. And it says that her daughter was healed at that time. He was testing her to make, to see if she would be persistent. He could have, the first time she cried out, he could have stopped right there and took care of her daughter. But he says he did not say a word. And I believe God does that in our life too. He'll do that sometimes where we'll go through seasons where God's not really speaking to us. I don't know about you guys, but I've gone through seasons where I feel like he's speaking to me a lot. And then I've gone through seasons where I feel like I, when even my prayers are just hitting a brick wall and bouncing right back. Now I will say this, when God's not speaking, it doesn't mean he's not there. The Bible's clear, he never forsakes us, never abandons us, he promises us that he is with us even to the very end of the age. Praise God for that, right? So he's always with us. It's whether or not he's speaking to us or whether or not we're hearing him does not change the fact of whether or not he's actually there. And sometimes when he's, uh, when he's silent, that is the time of growth and testing for us, church. I wanna encourage you today, if you're going through a season where you feel like God's not speaking to you, don't trust him less, trust him more. Step up your level of trusting him. Because that's what I'm telling you. It's, it's not going to last forever. You know, someone has coined the phrase, uh, some people in the Christian faith have coined the phrase, the dark night of the soul. That if you are somebody that loves Jesus and are, are going to be devoted to him and submitted to him and given your life to him, that you're going to go through a season It's going to feel like a dark night of your soul where you're just not going to feel like you hear him. I've, I went through it. And it wasn't because I had sin in my life. It was, it was because God was testing me. He was... He was taking me through a season, so I was going to learn to trust him and not have to necessarily hear him for every little thing, even though he does love to speak to us. But I I, I like to equate it to a parent's relationship with a child. You know, if you have a child, you know that when they're first born, you have to give them everything. They depend on you for everything, (laughs) literally everything. And then as they grow, they can do more things for themselves. And, you know, when when they're a toddler and they're going to cross the street, you're going to hold their hand crossing the street, right? Every single time. It doesn't matter what you say to them, you're going to hold their hand because you're not going to trust that they're going to be able to cross the street without getting hit. As they get a little older, you might be able to stand there as they, and make sure they look both ways before they cross and let them cross on their own. As they get older than that, you let them cross without you saying anything. As they get older than that, you let them cross if you're not even around or in the vicinity because you trust that you have poured wisdom into them and that they matured to the place where they can make some decisions like that. I believe God does that for us. I believe sometimes... The wisdom that God gives us is as much his word to us as if he's speaking an audible word to us. The wisdom of God that he imparts into our lives gives us what we need to make a lot of the decisions we make in life. So I believe there's times God says, I don't have to speak directly to you because you know what my word says. You know my heart. I've put wisdom in you to make that decision. So he's not always speaking to us. And when he doesn't speak, the goal for us, for him in our life, is that we would be persistent in our faith that we would be like the Canaanite woman, that we wouldn't back away, but that we would push forward. We would say, I'm not gonna give up and walk away frustrated because Jesus wouldn't listen to me, but I'm gonna press in even more. I'm gonna make it to where he doesn't have a choice. So When we go through those times, we need to trust him more, not less. In conclusion, actually, I'm gonna have you stand with me as I close, as I share this last little bit, Please. In 1 Kings 19, we see the story of uh, God and Elijah. Elijah is on the mountain. God tells him to go out on the mountain because he's gonna pass by, it says. And it says that that there was a violent wind that shook the mountain and and shattered stones. What kind of wind can shatter stones? I don't know, but that's scary. It's obviously big and terrifying, but it says that he was not in the wind. And then an earthquake came, and it says that he was not in the earthquake. And then a fire. And it says he was not in the fire. And after that, a gentle whisper. And that's where God spoke to him in the gentle whisper. And I love this story because I think it gives us a principle for hearing the voice of God, church. See, we want to think that God's in the big things. You know, that he's going to shake the, the building and, and speak to us and give us this incredible experience where we witness his power. And does that happen sometimes? Of course. But God is much more about being in the whisper. Because, you know, the, the significance of a whisper is that you can't hear somebody whisper unless you're close to him. God wants us to be close to him so that he can whisper and we'll hear him. He is much more concerned about our relationship with him, about our intimate relationship with him, and the level of intimacy we have with him than he is about anything else. So he says, you want to hear my voice? Come close. Come close. Stay close. I may not speak today. I may speak tomorrow. I don't know, but I want you close so that when I whisper, you can hear me. God is speaking to us, church. Sometimes we don't hear him because we're not close enough. Sometimes we don't hear him because we've tuned him out. Sometimes we don't hear him because we're calloused. Sometimes he's just waiting and testing us. But he's he's speaking to us and he wants you to hear his voice. He is the shepherd that wants you to hear him. He's gonna stand up and speak loud and proud to his sheep and we will hear his voice and we will follow him. I want to pray for us this afternoon. I'm going to ask you just to, I think we need to respond to the word of the Lord. I know we can't come to the altar still, but I'm going to ask you to respond in your seat. If it's lifting your hands, if it's closing your eyes, if it's kneeling at your seat, whatever it is, let's respond in some way to just receive this word as we pray. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you today. We thank you so much, Lord, for your great, great love. Thank you, Jesus, that you speak to us. Thank you that you've given us your word, your logos word, your rhema word, that you speak to our heart, to our emotions, that you bring peace to our mind and our hearts and our bodies. God, you're so good. We love you so much. I pray, Father God, that you would speak to each and every one of us. Lord, that you would help us to do our part, to draw close to you so that we can hear you even when you whisper your word tells us that when we seek you, we will find you. When we seek you with all our heart, Lord, we seek you with all of our heart. Would you seal that work in our hearts today that we would leave this place, Lord, seeking you on a greater level. That we're willing to let you speak to us anything you want, Lord. We're willing to lay down everything that we care about and giving it to you and trusting you, God. And Lord, if we have become calloused in our heart, God, would you forgive us Church, if there's anything in your heart that you know that you have not given to him, that you've been allowing to stay there, a sin that you just, you just indulged and embraced and kind of given up on, I just encourage you just even now, just to repent just to ask God to forgive you he is faithful to cleanse us to forgive us when we repent, there's no sin in our life that he cannot forgive There's, we can't go far enough away to leave his presence, if we turn, he will heal us, so I just ask you today to turn to him Lord, forgive us where we have calloused our hearts, where we have hardened our hearts towards you, God. Help us to trust you in a greater measure. Help us to trust you, Lord, in ways we never dreamed we could. Help us to live for you and help us to hear your voice. We are your sheep. And you are our shepherd. And we thank you for it today. And we love you and we bless you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said... Amen, amen. Can you give God praise this morning? Thank you, Lord.